five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Diary of a Kitty Warrior. Sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love. Hi, and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior. My name is Dee Moore, and I have stage four kidney disease. This podcast is dedicated to encourage, educate, and inspire as we explore all aspects of kidney disease, chronic illnesses, and health. If you have any questions or ideas for future topics that you would like me to cover, please do get in touch with me on social media using the hashtag Diary of a Kidney Warrior. In today's episode, I am bringing you a kidney warrior story. Now, there's always something you can learn from someone's story, something that can bring inspiration and hope. For my debut interview, all the way from Detroit, USA, my guest today is Jerome Epsey. Jerome describes himself as a husband, father, passionate man of faith, and now kidney warrior. Jerome received a kidney transplant in December 2018 and has gone on to be a strong advocate for healthy living for people of colour. Jerome is a board member for the Minority Organ Tissue Transplant Education Programme and is a patient advocate volunteer for transplant patients. He is a serial entrepreneur owning several businesses in Detroit, Michigan in the US. He is also a writer and former journalist who wants to travel the world to experience the food and culture of people everywhere, especially in communities where Latin and African people live. So welcome, Jerome, to Diary of a Kidney Warrior, the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dee. I'm so honored to be with you. This is a, uh, it's, it's such a great feeling to be with someone that is doing such great work in this space. You've got a passion for people that are going through chronic illnesses and specifically kidney. And um, it's a lot of the same kind of work that I do. That's great. That's fantastic. So are you ready for my questions? Yes. Fantastic. Now, my first question is, how did your kidney warrior journey begin and how were you diagnosed? Well, my kidney warrior journey began really going back to 2008. 15, if I remember correctly, I was with a nephrologist and a a medical team at one hospital system and not the best folks. I'm sure they knew exactly what they were doing, but their bedside manner or their way of communicating with patients was horrible. They, I won't make, go into the whole story, but my nephrologist at the time, uh, I heard her say under her breath, like, I see so many of you people here. Wow. And, and, you know, I think about you people doesn't mean you people that are tall and don't have any hair on your head. And so, but yeah, so she said, uh, you know, I see so many of you people here. And then she went on and said some other things that kind of made me very upset. But at the end, she ended up by saying, well, good luck. And then she let, and then she went out the door. So that's how I began. Wow. And so at that point, I was at stage. I was at stage four, uh, in uh, stage four as far as my kidney function is concerned. And so that's where it really came, became serious for me. Uh, and so I had been diagnosed with diabetes some time ago, and I was already taking medications for high blood pressure. But that was the first moment when I really kind of got an idea. Okay, 
this is going somewhere that I really, I'm really not happy, happy with. So when she said good luck, essentially she was just giving up on you. Yes, giving up on me. And I felt like she was giving up on me and then also saying, you know, you people, <laughs> which is what she said. <laughs> you, I always like to go, you people. And she said some other things about diet and how, you know, black people don't eat the right foods and, you know, that kind of thing. So okay. it was just, it just made me feel, it made me feel really horrible, angry and horrible at the same time. So it, it really frustrated me. That's a, but that, a really horrible way so to find beginning. out. Yeah. And that's a, right. And so that was the, so that was the beginning. And then I, I went on from there to a, another nephrologist and I was doing some of the things I should have been doing, but I was still kind of like, yeah, I can eat a little bit of this. I can, I can do this. I can get to my exercise this month. Maybe I'll uh, do something different. So I wasn't doing everything I could at the time. What is the one thing that you wish you had known when you were first diagnosed? The thing that I wish I had known when I was first diagnosed is that when doctors encourage you, they say, it would be a good idea if you exercised or maybe you should see our nutritionist or maybe you should cut back on this or cut back on that. That's the one thing. I wish I had taken that more seriously because then I wouldn't be in this position I'm in today. I'm doing very well now, thankfully, but I would be in a much better position if I had heeded that information from the physicians at the time and gotten proactive about changing. Why do you think that you didn't heed the what they were saying at that time? The reason I didn't heed it at the time, and I'm not endorsing this, <clears throat> but the reason I didn't heed it was because I had a lot of health things going on. What happens a lot of times from my experience, I can speak from my experience and from the people that I talk to, is that these things are happening to my health and to me, and I can't control them. I can't control what's happening to my body. But you know what I can control? I can go and get some crisps, as you say, or chips. <laughs> I can go and get a I can go get a hamburger. I have control over what I eat. Mm-hmm. Although what I've been eating and what I've been doing got me to this point, I can control that. I can't control that I'm at stage four kidney failure. Right. I can't control that. But I can control what I eat. And so I'm going to even though it's causing me harm. I can control that. And so I'm going to go ahead and do that. And so that was my mentality. It's like, well, but yeah, but I, I deserve this, you know? And that was, that was that phrase. I deserve this is what led me down the path that where I ended up having to have a kidney. Right. So you didn't make the connection at that point that if you made those changes, that maybe you could have improved your kidney function. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I, I didn't, I didn't seriously make that connection because at that point, if I go back another 10 years, no, like seven years that when I was diagnosed with diabetes, I just kept, I was doing some of what I should have done, but I wasn't doing everything I could have done. And so until it, for me, I can speak for me, for me, until it came to the point in 2017 when 
the doctor said, uh, this is a different nephrologist. The nephrologist said, okay, which kind of dialysis do you want to go on? So it went past the point of where, whether I could or should to you have to, because my kidney function had dropped below 10%. Right. And so at that point, you don't have the option. <laughs> I don't have the option. And so my option was taken away from me at that point. Then it was, do you want to come to the center and take hemodialysis or do you want to do peritoneal dialysis at home or do you want to do hemodialysis at home? And so the, the option was taken away from me. So my, my stubbornness and not willing to do what the doctors had told me led me to the place where the options were taken away from What is the hardest challenge um, um, that you faced during your kidney warrior journey and what did you learn from it? The hardest challenge that I faced during the kidney warrior journey was really the dialysis process and then also just waiting for a kidney. It's kind of a twofold thing because we as people of color, uh, black and brown people, we are not on the list for being donors for, for organs. And so I've talked to people, one of my mentors, he had a sign on his truck and he wore a t-shirt everywhere that he went. I need a kidney, you know, <laughs> and, and that's literally what it said. I need a kidney. If you're willing to help call this number. Um, and so the waiting for a kidney is just, is, is difficult. Uh, and then the, the other part is that was really frustrating to me in, in, in the U S it's some sort of law that they, every year, they need to send you a document that says what the mortality rate is for the disease that you have. So I would dread getting that document. So I would get the document, you know, and you can't really tell what it is, but you'd open it up and they would say, hello, Jerome, you have, and, and at, the, at, one, at some point, your kidney function, go, it goes instead of being at stage one, two, three, or four, stage five is called end stage renal disease. Mm. And I used to hate that name, end stage renal disease. You know, I'm, I'm big on words and on my mind. And so to me, it's like, end, what do you mean this is the end, end stage renal disease? But yeah, so you, but you reach that, you, you get this document and it says in it, um, you have end stage renal disease and here is the survival rate and here's how many people get past and they live this many days and this many years and all of that. So that really messed me up. You know, and so yeah. So basically, being shown how many people die of kidney disease exactly. is isn't exactly going to sow into happiness and hope and thinking right. that things are going to get better for you and that you know right. that that you're going to have a long life. I mean that that's going to terrify anybody. Yeah. Well, and you know, one of the other big things, D, is that as I was going through the process, um, once I was diagnosed, I started cutting off people from my life. And when I say cut off, it wasn't in a mean-spirited way, but I, I said, okay, I don't need to hear the story of how your <laughs> uncle or your grandmother or your friend died of kidney disease. Being there, I don't need to yeah. hear that. I'm I don't need to hear that. that. I'm with you on that, so, definitely. You know, and so I, so I became very, a bit of a recluse. You know, I, I kind of closed in and, 
not a recluse, but I, I, I was very careful who I let around me and who I let speak into my life. And so the less they knew, the less they had the chance of trying to help, quote, help yes. by telling me some. Some people just don't know what to say. Yeah, They don't know what to say. And so they, they say something that they think they're sharing something to help. But if, if you're dealing with it mentally, trying to deal with the whole thing, okay, I need to survive. I've got to survive. I'm going to live beyond this. You don't need to hear that stuff. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, that was one of the I think sometimes it would be better if people just said, I don't know what to say and just left it at that than trying to overcompensate and then end up saying something that's going to play on your mind and then cause you to you know, become depressed or really low or stressed out and worried because of something that someone well-meaning had said. But I, I just really think it's better just to, uh, you know, say as little as possible or just ask questions and let the person that you're talking to um, share what they want to share and say what they want to say rather than trying to say something and then end up saying the wrong thing. A lot of people feel, and I'm a former journalist, and so I would use silence to my advantage. So I would, if I'm interviewing <laughs> you, I would talk and then I would stop and wouldn't say anything. So people feel the need to fill silence. Yes, they do. And so the subject that I'm interviewing, if I'm quiet for a minute, they'll say, well, you know, you know, they jump, they jump in. And so that's that. And I only say that because I think that's what people do is that they feel like they got to say something, but they don't know what to say to your point. And so they just blurt out something. There's blah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I didn't need to hear that. You could have kept that thought to yourself. <laughs> Please do for the future. I think that should be the T-shirt that um, right. people should wear. Right. Like, If you don't know what to say, just don't say anything. <laughs> don't say nothing. <laughs> what advice would you give someone who has just been diagnosed with kidney disease? The, the first piece of advice I would give is to be careful who you are led around you. Don't tell everybody. Everybody doesn't need to know your journey. And then number two is listen to your doctors, but do everything you can. Do everything you possibly can to improve your health, to improve what you eat, to improve your exercise regimen and what you do. So I'm not saying don't listen. Do listen to the doctors, but do everything you can in your power to not end up on the transplant list. That's really good advice. What are the best resources that have helped you along the way? Some of the best resources that helped me along the way are, number one, mentoring. I had several mentors throughout this process that really helped me out and they helped me at times when I was at the end of my rope and I felt like I was going to just give up. I had a, I had a point while I was on dialysis, I had gone through a whole series of things, but while I was on dialysis, I had gone through the process and in the middle of it, they thought that I had cancer too. And so I was, I was done. I was just like, I had gone through so much and I got to that point and I was like, okay, I'm just, I can't do it anymore. Been there. And, and so, and so I was, uh, I was about to give up, but I, uh, 
I have a wife that's been phenomenal for me, number one. But then, two, my mentors helped me out. So, I, you know, I, I had built, developed a relationship with one of my mentors who has since passed, unfortunately. But he was really phenomenal. And he just was like, okay, okay, so what are you thinking? Um, it doesn't mean that um, it's okay. It's going to be okay. You're going to survive this. If one person has survived, you can survive this. And it doesn't have to go down this, this path. And so I, uh, the mentors, number one, and then also mentors and then just kind of informal conversations, talking to people, reading things that, of people that survived. I, I joined a Facebook group where there was a person at the time that was celebrating their 30th year, 30th year with the uh-huh. first kidney, with a kidney. And so I latched onto those stories. I was like, okay, that's going to be me. That's going to be me. I'm not going to be the other end of the spectrum. That That's going to be me. What are the common myths about kidney disease that you want to debunk? The big myth about kidney disease that I want to debunk is that it's a death sentence. It does not have to be a death sentence. Absolutely. And it does not mean, it does not mean that you're going to be bedridden and your, your quality of life has to go down completely. You can still survive it. You can survive it and you can thrive. And although you're not going to get back to 100% function with your kidneys, you can maintain and you can go up a little, you can go up a little bit, you know, but you have to be, it really has to be a lot of it. A lot of the whole kidney disease and anyone that's going through a chronic illness is a, is what happens in your mind. Absolutely. I'm a firm believer. If you give up in your mind, you're, you're, you're going to go all the way out. I agree. And so it's, it's really about it's really about how do you how do you think about what you're going through, what are you telling yourself, you know, and um, I think that's huge, huge. What question do you wish that I asked you? I wish you had asked me about the dialysis process and what I learned from it. Okay, so tell me about the what you learned from the dialysis process. So I chose peritoneal dialysis and peritoneal dialysis is different from what you may have seen on television or you may have heard. Hemodialysis is where they they exchange your blood. They have to put a port in you or several ports in you. I have a cousin cousin that waited too long and didn't do what he was supposed to do. And he has to, he has a port in his arm and one in his neck right now. And so he has hemodialysis. And so uh, I didn't want to get to that place. But so I chose peritoneal dialysis. And so the process for peritoneal dialysis has three stages to it. And so I learned a lot going through that peritoneal process. The first stage of peritoneal dialysis is to drain because peritoneal is that you fill up your peritoneum, which is your, you're basically around your stomach. The this piece in here, it, it fills up with fluid. There's a fluid that you have to take, not take, but it's, it's pumped into you. And that fluid is what pulls all the toxins out of your body, and then it's filtered through a machine, and then you dump it out in the morning. So the first part of that is the drain. So every, although I would hook up every night, I was on on dialysis every night for eight hours. In the morning, the first part of that process is is, uh, drain. Actually, I would drain at night. So when I first hooked up to the machine, the first stage is drain. And so it comes up on the machine. It's a little window in there, and it says drain. 
the next part. And so that's really all of the toxins from the day are drained out into a bag. The second part is fill. And so the, the, the same fluid that was in, in me, you know, you've drained out. So now you're empty. So now there's a process of filling you up with the fluid again, that's going to pull out everything in your body, all the, all the toxins. And then the third part. So remember, first part is to drain. Second part is fill. Third part is dwell. The dwell is what happens throughout the day. And so it's the fluid working in you so that you can, you can make it to the end of the day. And so it's your body. It's, it's what helps. It's what's working in you during the day to be able you make it through the day and get to the end of the day when you can drain again. So drain, fill, dwell. So what I really learned out of that process, and it's one of the mind games I played with myself, is that every day I was doing that literally while I was on dialysis, but then now I continue it on as a process. I do that every day now. I do it, although I have my kidney now, I go through that process with just my mindset and with my life. So every day, I drain off at the end of the day what's happened. I don't let anything stick to me now. I don't, I don't get to have a bad day anymore. I don't, get to, I don't get to have a bad day. I choose not to, but I don't get to have a bad day. So I drain off anything that has tried to pull me down through the day. I think specifically about things that are positive, about long life, about living, about contributing, about being happy. And then I fill myself up with, I fill myself up with positive things. In the morning, I've got a regimen where I, first thing I do is I wake up and I say, I shall live and not die. Um, I shall live and not die. And then also I say, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. So before I'm even fully awake, I'm saying those two things. And I start myself up. So I'm, and figuratively, I'm filling myself up with a mindset that I'm going to make it through this day. I'm going to make it through this process. I feel like God has brought me through to this point through transplant and he's going to take me on forward. So I drained off the bad things that have happened before I went to sleep. I fill up, purposely fill up with positive things in the morning. And then I'm able to dwell. I'm able to go throughout the day. And however many times I need to go through that process again through the day, if something happens, a boss or someone calls me up or someone shares their dead cousin story with me you know so i i have to drain that off brush that off fill myself up again and then dwell and the third part is that is dwell so what am i what's maintaining me throughout the day what is dwelling what am i dwelling on what am i concentrating on and so it's um it's something that i that has helped me survive has helped me survive and i'm and i'm counting on it uh helping me to live the rest of my life Drain, fill, dwell. Drain, fill, dwell. That's powerful. I think I'm going to steal that. Drain, fill, dwell. <laughs> I like that. So going through the, the, um, the dialysis, you went on to have a kidney transplant. So tell me about that. How did that come about? My kidney transplant was a process, and I call it miraculous. I think anyone that receives a transplant, it's miraculous. But mine was specifically a, a miraculous piece. So part of when, before I started dialysis, I was, I had, I slept 16 hours in a day. I would sleep all night. I would sleep all night. I would wake up and try to go take a bath or something. And then I'd have to go right back to bed. So I was, I was in bed more than I was awake because, you know, because all of the toxins were still in my body. 
Uh, and so then once I got on dialysis, that got a little bit better. It, it, it did get better. You know, it got a lot better, actually. I, so I could actually make it through a day. But what was happening, so I would have the, my good days and bad days. I would have days when I felt pretty good and I could make it. And days, other days where it was like, okay, I'm just, just not making it. Just don't feel well. But so on April 10th of 2018, we were invited, when I say we, my wife and I were invited to a birthday party of a friend of ours. And um, I found out later that this friend at first wasn't going to invite me. We just weren't close. We were just, weren't just close friends like that. He just wasn't going to, but he felt like he felt like he was urged. He says that he felt like God told him to invite me to this party. So we he invited us to this party. We were the first ones to arrive. And so we met, we greeted him as the birthday boy. And he said, okay, I want you all, I want you to sit over here. And so it was a table. So there's like 200 people at this party, but that were going to be there. So it's like, you know, a bunch of tables, but he said, okay, I want you and your wife to sit here. And so it ends up that sitting next to us was a guy that I had known from years ago at a, at a church we used to go with, we hadn't talked in like four years. And so he, Long story short, we're sitting next to each other, and he began to ask, because, again, I wasn't feeling like me in there because I was feeling so bad. But he asked, like, well, man, what's what's going on? What's going on with you? So I said, well, uh, you know, I'm on dialysis now, and I'm waiting for a kidney, and the process is slow. haven't been able to find a kidney. And without skipping a beat at that moment, he said, well, if I'm a match, I'd give you a kidney. Wow. So, <laughs> and so, and so, so my wife and I were like, okay, he's got to be joking. But inside we were like, yes, yes, <laughs> you know, but to him, we were like very like, oh, that's, that's, that's wonderful that you would think of us that way <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but we, so we, so we went, you know, we, um, we finished the dinner and my wife and I just kept looking at each other like, man, is this real? Is this real? And um, to his word, his name is Tiger Whitehead, Tiger Whitehead. And the other thing I want to add right here is that I think a lot of times people think if you need a transplant, it's got to be somebody that's of your same race or same family. And it's not because Tiger is a he's a he's a he's a white guy. He's white. And so. Um, so there's debunking another myth. Yeah, debunking another myth. But to his word, though, this party was on a Saturday that next Monday. He went down and contacted the hospital and began the testing Wow! to be my donor, to be my donor. And so between April and uh, the end of the year, you know, close, well, close to the end of the year, we were going through, I was getting tests, he was getting tests, tested, tested, tested. And then they'd come back and say, okay, we need you to go. You got to go back and get this other test. I'm like, well, I just had that test. And they're like, nope, we need it again. Doctors want to do this and this and this. And the other thing is, I, I, I meant to mention is that I had to lose 50 pounds. Oh, wow. I, I had to lose 50 pounds to, to even get on to, to be, to be, to stay on the list. And so I did do that though. Um, and so, uh, when we came all the way up to December 12th, you know, the, the surgery was scheduled at first earlier in December, but that met, fell through. But it, we, so we ended up on uh, December 12th that we had that surgery I'm sitting, I'm laying next to Tiger and we're conversing and praying for each other and all of that. But, uh, we, we came through it. It's like a seven hour surgery, you know, like seven hour surgery, six to seven hours. And, um, 
but I came through it with a, you know, with flying colors. He came through it with flying colors. As a matter of fact, he, the next day, saw my, our surgeries ended. Well, his surgery was fairly quick. Mine took a little longer, but my surgery ended near midnight on the 18th, near midnight. Um, and then so, but that next, before noon, the next day, he was on his way home. That's incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a miracle all throughout this whole thing. And then, and two about two and a half days later, I was home. I was two, home. Two and a half days later, after having two and a half days. A transplant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it's miraculous. It really is. Wow, that is your story is, is so amazing, Jerome. What last piece of encouragement would you like to give our listeners that can uh, help? Last piece of, well, the last piece of encouragement is that. Make sure you keep listening to Diarrhea Kidney Warrior Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, sure. That's good uh, advice. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Everybody. Um, but, the, but the other piece is that, is that um, remember that so much in life is how we think about it. It's not necessarily what we go through, but it's how we think about what we're going through. And so being diagnosed with uh, in stage renal disease or you're told stage four, whatever, or whatever it is, make up in your mind that my story doesn't have to end that way. And so you can do, you can come through any battle if you have the right mindset. So I just keep a right mind, surround yourself with people that will support you with whatever you're believing. You know, maybe your faith is that, okay, I'll go on dialysis and I will I'll come on the other side and I'll do what I need to do. Maybe your journey is I'm not going on dialysis. I'm not doing it, but surround yourself with people, surround your people, yourself with things on that you watch, listen to social media, whatever that supports what you're believing and then stick to that. And don't let hiccups, don't let hiccups bother you. Thank you. That's really good advice. Now, my final question is, where can our listeners con- connect with you online? I'm so excited about that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for the opportunity. Well, number one, thank you again for allowing me to be on. But you can reach me on Instagram at J-E-S-P-Y-06, J-S-P-06. Um, you can reach me on Twitter at J-E-S-P-Y. And I'm on uh, LinkedIn if you want to see about my professional things um, and um, also Facebook, really just about every platform I'm on. And then I'm also an author. So I've, I've re- I have a, a, about a hundred books actually that are out there. Um, 100 books. Wow. A hundred books. Yes. A hundred books. So if you go to, if you go to uh, Amazon, you can put in J B E S P Y J B S B and you can see all of my books. Well, you heard it there folks. Check out Jerome on Instagram, Twitter, and check out his books on Amazon. So thank you so much, Jerome, for joining me today and for sharing your story and for sharing such amazing advice. So you take care and all the very best as you continue in your journey. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Listen and subscribe to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. Thank you, Jerome. Thank you for listening to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. And don't forget that you can contact me via social media using the hashtag 
diary of a kidney warrior. Please do subscribe to the podcast and please do tell a friend. New episodes of this podcast are uploaded every other Monday. Until next time, take care. Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love. Thank <laughs> you.